Meet the new game, same as the old game, Michigan week two, pretty much the same as week one. Consistency is key. We're going to discuss that. We'll talk a little bit about Mel Tucker and his suspension and bringing Jim Harbaugh up for some reason, uh, as well as the rest of the Big Ten on this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday. We are back and doing it. Locked on Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. A lot to get into. Um, I was hoping to do a recap this weekend. Didn't do that. We'll, we'll we're not next weekend because it's a night game, but we'll try to start those up soon. But we do have a game to talk about here in week two. Michigan ousts. Uh, UNLV out of the big house, routes them. Maybe it wasn't as emphatic, right? I think I predicted what on on the show. I know I did a different one written. Written, I think I said like 42. I mean, they were close to that. Uh, but I, I think as far as Michigan scoring, I think I said like 42 to 10 or something like that there. And uh, here I said something like, or uh, in writing, I know I said something like 30, 42 to 6 or seven or something like that not covering the spread allowing a score or two and that's basically what happened but obviously i mean you all watch the game i don't want to just recap it we'll talk about what's good what's bad uh what's good obviously passing game continues to be really impressed with jj mccarthy uh again i mean he completed his what first 13 passes before there was an incompletion it was something like that uh and uh the first incompletion was kind of like an errant throw but otherwise i mean he's making nfl caliber throws he's continuing to do it. he's continuing to be a complete quarterback running when he wants to a couple times this time. Didn't do that in week one, uh, but uh, certainly loves uh, hitting Roman Wilson for the touchdown, the poetic justice of it all, of uh, having number 47 written on his hand for Ryan Keeler, his high school friend who died, who was from UNLV, who went to UNLV rather, and having the 47-yard touchdown. We all kind of, I think, know about that, uh, but seems to love Roman Wilson. Still really impressed with Cornelius Johnson and the job that he is doing. Uh, so that's that's good. It's good to see him continuing to be consistent. That's, that is the word that we have wanted to hear about Cornelius Johnson, consistent. And that's exactly what he's being. Uh, really, those are the only two receivers doing much aside from, I guess, Tyler Morris obviously got involved. Let's look at the, the box score real quick just to kind of go through the receivers here. Uh, Cornelius Johnson led with uh, five catches for 82 yards. Uh, Donovan Edwards had five catches for 26 yards. Uh, Roman Wilson had four catches for 89 yards. Tyler Morris had three catches for 40 yards. So, uh, and then obviously, you know, you got a little bit of Colston Loveland in there, two catches for just six yards. AJ Barner had his first catch, uh, one for 12 yards. Uh, those were all JJ throws. Samaj Morgan got his first catch as a Wolverine, and that was uh, courtesy of Jaden Denegal with a 35 yard strike. Uh, so that was good. Still waiting to see a couple other guys kind of get involved. So that the, the pass game is great. Pass protection is great. Still haven't given up a sack. Uh, I understand the first two opponents probably not going to match up well enough to get into the backfield. Defense continues. The first team defense continues to just be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, even even the go go offense felt like it was really lacking in ability. Like it took it. They tried to go fast for a while, and after t- not too long, they. They kind of had to slow things down and abandon it and try to read the defense and do things that were not comfortable to them. And 
Uh, Michigan's credited with five sacks. I, I did count a six that they just didn't count as a sack, but uh, just a really impressive showing from the defensive front. And now you can see what happens when teams aren't getting rid of the ball super fast. You started seeing UNLV getting rid of the ball super fast once Michigan uh, had moved on to its uh, second, third, fourth team, whatever you want to call it, because there was just a little bit of, you know, there'd be like a starter here and there, like Braden McGregor was in late, uh, but then you had pretty much, you know, everyone else was was a backup of sorts. Might have been a backup that you see regularly, like Ernest Hausman. It might be a backup that uh, this might be the only time you see him all year, you know? So it was a mixture of that. Certainly, I feel like Michigan probably felt pretty good that it limited Ricky White to two catches for 31 yards. Uh, the former Michigan State Spartan uh, who had 196 yards on a day that I was in the big house and none of you were. <laughs> be thankful for that that wasn't a fun time um so good news for michigan that it did such a good job defensively allowed only uh 61 yards rushing once everything was said and done and uh 160 yards uh, 68 yards passing and again in a, in a story of okay they gave up 200 something yards it, it wasn't even that close so they kept the first team defense out there it would have it would have been a lot uh a lot less even. So Michigan's really asserting itself on the defensive side of the ball. Run game was hit or miss a little bit better. You look at the numbers overall, it's pretty good, right? 33, uh, 33 rushes for 179 yards. Yes, you want that to be more like, you know, 250, 300 when you're Michigan, and that's what you're known for, but still not very pedestrian, 5.4 yards per carry. Great game for Blake Corum, 15 uh, carries for 80 yards and three touchdowns. It's kind of similar to how he started last year, not having a ton of yards, but having a lot of touchdowns. And then uh, then the yardage flowed from there. Uh, certainly Michigan's play action helped with the passing game, and that's uh, that's good news there. Uh, but uh, Cornelius Johnson had one carry at end around for 26 yards. Donovan Edwards still kind of trying to get things going. It just seemed like they paid more attention to stopping Donovan Edwards than Blake Corm. He had six carries for nine yards. So that's, that's certainly not where he wants it. But he is, you know, I, I, I told him after the game, don't be down about it, right? Like your time is coming. Patience, 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 patience. And uh, it'll it'll come right. He'll have his big games. And I like I also mentioned, I'm like, listen, this is not a big game. I know you want like you want it to be like, look, you know, I got, you know, 150 yards rushing, you know, in week two. I said, listen, like you, you've shown out more in the bigger games than anything. Penn State, Ohio State. Those are the games that matter. You've shown up in the bigger moments. And things are still getting fleshed out. You got a new offensive line. You know, they know, you know, you know who the opponent was. They know who the opponent is. So it's just going to take some time. So I'm, again, I'm not that worried, but you know, you hope that this week he finally kind of starts to feel it and break out and that they can find ways to get the ball in his hands more and more. He did have the catches 26 yards uh, in through the air. So that is the good news as far as that's concerned. But 313 yards passing overall is a good day for Michigan uh, and uh, something to continue to build on. And considering what some other Big Ten teams have looked like, Michigan just had that typical, you know, Georgia, Alabama type game when they're ranked really high of we're going to we're going to get this game done by halfway through the third quarter and then we're going to coast. Now, the second team offense troubling extremely troubling hopefully you won't have to ever worry about that right and once you get into big 10 play you generally are not 
at least you'll have the bulk of the good players there. All right. I don't know if I if if this is uh the indication that I need to move on is the time or if it's Zuri nudging me here because she wants all the attention at the moment. So we're going to continue and we're going to talk about the Mel Tucker situation. But before we do that, uh listen now is the time for your game changer of the week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company, much like I'm going to go with Blake Corum this week. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Blake Corum, who did not have the greatest first week, comes back with a hat trick in week two. And that's exactly what you want to see is him being able to fight for those tough yards and being that touchdown machine that you know he can be. That is important. And so he was that guy. Listen, Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and more. And they're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. They're fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity even more enjoyable, whether you're watching a big game, your kid's game, tackling yard work, working out, whatever. No hangovers ever. That's the good news. And you can find Athletic in-store online at bars around the country. Uh, you can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you. Buy it online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use the code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewingcompany.com. Near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company. Fit for all times. All right, these are the types of things that I don't love to discuss. We'll, we'll discuss the Mel Tucker incident first, and then uh, segment three we'll talk about going kind of around the Big Ten uh, and, and all of that. So uh, let's let's start off with this Mel Tucker of it all. Mel Tucker suspended without pay. Uh, first it was he's been fired, and then it, that was the, the first report, but the uh, obviously they can't do that until at least the hearing uh, October 5th and 6th. Uh, everything he starts to is is ramped up a notch here. About a half hour ago, he released a lengthy statement through an attorney. Uh, it, it's just a big mess here that's going on in East Lansing. So uh, I have some thoughts on it. Number one, as Zuri continues to nudge me, demanding attention while I give you attention. Um. Well, let, let's let's get down to, to like let let's let's backtrack for a second here, just in case you're living under a rock and don't know w- what's going on. So he's accused of sexual harassment of a contracted employee. That employee is Brenda Tracy, who I I, I would say at best is an acquaintance of mine. Uh, I've made her acquaintance. I believe I just I met her once, maybe twice. I don't remember. I think I've met her once. Uh, we follow each other on the social medias and such. Uh, so just obvious bias here. Like I want to be upfront about that, but, uh, Mel Tucker had admitted to doing things on the phone that she wasn't a fan of, but she didn't say anything and, but she felt uncomfortable and it took her a while to report it that there was, he says there was a consensual intimate relationship between the two of them. Uh, and, uh, she says that was a one-sided affair that, and that's what we're getting at. Uh, initially 
reported by ESPN saying there's news coming down the pike. And then USA Today, my uh, the the mothership for me uh, opened up the whole can of worms uh, by having Brenda Tracy on record dropping the full expose about 10 minutes later. So that's now at least we know we're, what we're working with. I don't want to get into the he said, she said of it all because it, I, I don't think that's fair, right? He, you know, he, he it might be, both of them might be telling the truth in, well, not telling the truth, but both of them in their opinion might be t- selling what they believe to be the situation at hand. Uh, so there's that. So I'm not here to take sides about it. But what I am here to tell you is that it is, at, at the very least, a, a case of terrible judgment by the Michigan State head coach. Brenda Tracy is the most outspoken and known woman around the country, in sports at least, uh, who is speaking up about uh, sexual impropriety within these programs. If you're Mel Tucker, no matter what your feelings are or anything like this, like you, 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 you just can't <laughs> like that, that. That is that she, she should be completely off limits in that sort, no matter how you feel. And to me that that's, it's just poor judgment. And that's aside from what he's admitted to. I won't say the words on air, but you know, you probably, I mean, you can look it up. Uh, all of that stuff, usatoday.com. It, it, the things that he's admitted to, I mean, that's even worse judgment. And it's just, it, overall, it's just poor judgment. And it's not living the way that you should be. Um, so... I mean, we all have made mistakes. I'm human. I've made plenty of dumb choices in my life. Uh, but I'm also not in nearly a... I, I can't say that I've made any of that fashion, of course. But I, I also say, like, I don't have as big of a profile as someone like Mel Tucker. You have to, You have to think, right? It's just like the same thing when you see players getting into trouble. It's like... Sometimes it's like, well, what you did might not be considered wrong in terms of the law, but at the same time, like you, you know that that's a bad look. Uh, obviously, I have a moral judgment here, but at, at the same time, it's like, should that cost him his job or not? In this case, I think yes, but then that's just because you can't be a leader of men and have such poor judgment, right? Not to mention, I mean, there, there's the, the football field of it all. MSU certainly feels like it's it's on the verge of tanking here. Their fans certainly don't think so. And they, they have the whole Mark D'Antonio's coming back and he knows how to beat Michigan and that's going to happen. Um, Mel Tucker has a better track record of beating a good Michigan team than Mark D'Antonio. Mark D'Antonio beat up on bad Michigan teams, I think, with the exception of 2015 in the flukiest win in the history of college sports. Maybe just football in general. And Mark D'Antonio was two and three against Jim Harbaugh and also has uh, his own issues 
that caused to his resignation, right? Led to his resignation. It's just, it, it feels like a bad look in general. Uh, but we'll see where MSU goes from here. They, they've got Harlan Barnett taking over. They, they're going to face number eight, Washington. Uh, I, I think it does, doesn't really matter who the head coach is at MSU as much as they can say that it's talent. I've seen some of MSU's writers and people saying like, this is, you know, you have to at least thank Mel Tucker for getting them to this talent level. I don't think that they're at a high talent level right now. It looks really good that they just beat Richmond, beat the tar off of Richmond, pulled away from CMU. But I've never seen a fan base crow so much over beating two teams that if it had lost to or kept it really, really close to like it did in the first half against Central Michigan, uh, they'd be lampooned. So it's like, congratulations, you did the bare minimum. Good job. Washington's a different animal right now. And if they beat Washington, uh, especially without, without their head coach, that's that's great for them. That's a huge win. It's it's just sad that these types of things keep happening in East Lansing. I don't say that tongue in cheek. I mean it seriously. Uh, certainly, I, I I know a lot of people have gone to Michigan State. I have family who has gone to Michigan State. Uh, there's one thing when it comes to crowing about the rivalry, and there's another thing about just recognizing humanity. Uh, we need to stop treating rivalries like it's a life or death situation. It's not. And that's what leads me to the last part, which I almost forgot about, which is in his statement, Mel Tucker, for some reason, brings up Jim Harbaugh. And I'm going to pull that up so I can read it verbatim because it is just the most absurd thing that I've just about seen. It has nothing to do with anything. And it's it's just that's the typical rivalry thing. I'm, I'm going to try to drag you down with me type stuff. So this is in the second paragraph of his statement. Uh he says, I helped bring Miss Tracy to campus in the summer of 2021 because I supported her mission of sexual misconduct prevention. The single presentation was her only paid engagement with the university. We developed a mutual friendship that grew into an intimate adult relationship. At this point, my wife and I had been estranged for a long time. Miss Tracy and I engaged in dozens of calls throughout fall 2021 and winter 2022, many of which she initiated, which occurred late at night. We both talked about all sorts of intimate private matters. She told me I could trust her and I proceeded to do just that. I was absolutely unaware of the previous negative comments that she had made about iconic MSU coaches, then President Engler, MSU in general, and even her more recent criticism of Coach Harbaugh that I learned about during this investigation. Um, What? This is the most... Absurd, asinine thing I've ever heard. So uh, Anthony Broom had found the old thread uh, where it wasn't even criticism of Jim Harbaugh. It was just, it was like, hey, there was this, there was this thing that happened. Uh, a girl died after being, saying that she allegedly was raped by a Michigan football player while three others watched. Uh, that player was, uh, had transferred to another school at, uh, at some point. She had talked to Jim Harbaugh a few times. Uh, at least one of the three who watched wasn't suspended. I don't, you know, it's, you know, I don't know what the university's, uh, you know, if there was an investigation or any of that stuff, but Brenda Tracy basically just called attention to that. That's all. And said like, Oh, I just wondered why I wasn't being brought back after he made a commitment to bring me back every year after the pandemic, I wasn't brought back. I don't know if this is why or not. Jim Harbaugh, has no part of this. And the fact that he brings Jim Harbaugh into this is typical rivalry fodder, which is absolutely absurd and stupid and ridiculous. Like, y'all just need to learn to be adults when it comes to this stuff. I'm talking about people like Mel Tucker in this instance. It, it is so 
asinine. And bad situations like this need to stop being used as rivalry fodder. As I look on Twitter here, X, whatever, I'm seeing uh, just even just on the screen, I didn't pull this up. I see like MSU fans bringing up Bo and Dr. Anderson and and then, and then a response of like, you know, bringing back, you know, Mark D'Antonio. Like it, stop. None of this stuff is rivalry fodder. Concentrate on the football. It's just absurd. Let's talk about the rest of the Big Ten. Because um, uh, there's definitely, maybe not the rest of the Big Ten. We'll talk about one team in particular. That's Ohio State. We're going to do that here in a moment. But before we do, get ready for the NFL season. There are incredible offers on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Uh, NFL started on Thursday. Your Detroit Football Lions are the best team in all of football. They beat the Super Bowl champions. Get, give them the trophy right now. Right now, the new customers can bet $5 to get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. You can get that multi-stream thing going. It's it's perfect. And FanDuel will help you do that. Now is the best time to join FanDuel, the app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off this NFL season with an offer you do not want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I feel like we didn't cover the Tucker stuff long enough. The Harbaugh stuff in particular, but... It's funny because starting in on, I'm like, am I going to be able to speak for more than three minutes about this? And that was the longer, the longest segment to we've had for a while. Um, I, I am where I owe y'all a mailbag. We are going to do that tomorrow. Uh, don't add any more questions. <laughs> We're just going to continue on with what's there. Um, still just trying to navigate the, uh, the travel back and forth, this being on camera, all that kind of stuff. It just... It used to be I'd roll out of bed in a robe and sit down in front of the microphone. Uh, a little bit different now, having to look coherent. Maybe I don't look coherent, so I don't know. Um, so we're going to try to catch up. I know we're always trying to catch up. We're going to try to catch up. I'm trying to figure out how to make all of this work now that I live about an hour away. Um, and uh, we're going to figure that all out. So um, let's talk about Ohio State in particular. 35-7, to identical score to Michigan, playing Youngstown State. Not exactly the same, however. Whereas Michigan uh, basically put its foot on the throat of UNLV, at least a group of five team in the FBS level. Ohio State against Youngstown State. Youngstown State drove the field. Scored a touchdown, found themselves in striking distance before Ohio State started to pull away, drove the field again, had a turnover, not 100% sure how fixed the defense is. We really don't know because of the two teams that they faced aren't exactly in the same class. Um, we'll know in two weeks. Um, maybe we'll know this week. Uh, Western Kentucky, I was talking to a colleague, Haley Schoengart from... Uh, WLNS, who was at the press conference today, she's a Western Kentucky alumna, and she feels like they they still haven't found their stride ever since Bailey Zappi left. So I'm not sure. Maybe we'll figure it out. But Ohio State, was, and it still was like, okay, they started finding Marvin Harrison for big plays. 
again, it was a little more few and far between. It wasn't the type of pinpoint placement you expect from an Ohio State quarterback. It's Kyle McCord's clearly the guy over Devin Brown, who didn't really have a good game at all. Travion Henderson had a much better game, at least, but it's still, I mean, it was their run game still is kind of equivalent to where Michigan's is right now. Um, and it just doesn't seem like they have any movement up front. Like they're not getting pressure from their line. Their defensive ends have kind of fallen off the map and their offensive line is not doing great. I, I, I think Ohio state's in trouble. I do, but I predicted this. They might be in worse trouble than I think, but it's all going to kind of depend on what happens in two weeks against Notre Dame. Like they'll beat Western Kentucky. No question about that. They'll beat Western Kentucky. They're not Indiana, right? They're not going to be, you know, one of those middling or bottom of the barrel Big Ten teams that finds themselves in a, you know, or like Michigan State a couple years ago where they find them, you know, Michigan State did have an 11-2 season that year, but, uh, you know, where they found themselves in a fight with Western Kentucky to win, I think it was like 41-30. to Man, if I nailed that, if I can't remember what happened this morning and I remember that, that's going to be crazy. I got to look that up. Um... <laughs> I, I don't know that, that it's not going to be that, but like, I do still think that three losses for Ohio state is certainly on the table this year. I have it pegged as Notre Dame, Penn state, Michigan. You could add, I mean, any number of teams to that, right? Uh, all right. Let's see if I can find this 48 to 31. Okay. I was close. I was off by one touchdown. Um, so I do think that they're in trouble and I think this is a, this was a week where it was hard to glean much about any big 10 team, right? Because a lot of FCS play, right? Michigan hasn't played an FCS team in like over 10 years, right? Uh, my best friend Doug was talking about Delaware state and I'm like, "Ah, that sounds familiar. Uh, I don't really know where, when that was, I guess I can look that up real quick. Uh, I remember when UMass was still an FCS school and Michigan played them back in like 20, 2009, 2010, something like that. Um, oh, that was basketball. So that was basketball he was thinking about. It wasn't football or am I looking at football? Oh, here we go. 2009, that was Delaware State. That's the one he was thinking of. Um, Michigan, UMass. The one I'm thinking about is, uh, let's see, I can look on Winsipedia. That's a heck of a lot easier. 2010. And I think that they elevated themselves. By 2012, they were FBS, if I remember correctly, which I may or may not. I just don't like seeing all of these FBS programs on the schedules. Del- you know, you, you saw Delaware play Penn State. You saw Youngstown State. You saw MSU with Richmond. You can't glean anything from that, right? Except for bad things. As I said earlier, like I would much, I said it well to my best friend, not not here on camera. I would rather Michigan play like, okay, you're going to pull, you could either play the FCS school and be guaranteed a a berth into the playoff, or you could play Georgia as it exists today with a guaranteed loss and you roll the dice. I'd rather take the Georgia game because I'd rather see Michigan play any Big Ten school play the better schools. I, I say that understanding Michigan's schedule is not amazing at the moment, but they at least they don't have F, FCS teams on the schedule at the moment. They haven't had that in a while, so that's good. 
So keep that up, basically. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We are going to be back on Tuesday with the, the mailbag. That should have been Friday. And we are going to hopefully be a little bit more on task as far as the timing of this because having like midnight releases is confusing for all involved. But uh, if, if you haven't watched it go or listened to it, go back and check out the preview from with Karan Higdon. He'll be here all year. That's going to be exciting. And uh, we're going to have lots of more great stuff for you all season. Um, more guests and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace.